tonight. I've already had a couple beers. I try as well. Like I always feel bad. Like I talked to uh, Doug Wagner about, <laughs> and, I, and I thought, you know, I was like, Doug writes about serial killers. Like this is like, we can get weird, you know? And he made, I was like, I said, fuck a couple times. And he was like, very careful not to curse. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I got it all super in my head about it. I was like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so, all right, quick intro. And then, and then we'll just hit it. <sighs> All right, Buzz Buzz, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of Blake's Buzz. And this week, we've got a hot creative team on a hot Kickstarter that is successfully funded today. Just happened. Awesome to have these guys on. You know they're going to be in a good mood, so I got to, like, try hard to piss them off. We got Jared Lujan, and we've got Matt Harding in the house. And all the devils are here on Blake's Buzz, baby. We are stoked to talk about it. Gentlemen, how you doing tonight? fantastic the best i have been in like a week <laughs> pretty good man i'm gonna sleep tonight yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so so someone mentioned on the show the other day that the kickstarter stress was more of a writer thing uh than an artist thing uh like the artists are usually distracted uh you know making the you know drawing getting ready for the book and and getting ready to put it out whereas the writer's the one being online a little more uh, aggressively refreshing uh is that it, it sounds it sounds like matt you may you may have been uh not in so that your first group. question we come in here your first question pits us against each other right <laughs> off the bat <laughs> fracturing the, the <laughs> uh i bet matt wishes he was still drawing it because uh because <laughs> he's not so he's had to be stressed out about it he's done um yeah. so matt matt has been uh had the, the stress with me the entire time <laughs> you know uh honestly i i kind of like the okay outside of the stress of wondering if you're going to get funded and how much money and all that stuff and like when the kickstarter is going well like and i, and I consider ours uh going well it's it's actually kind of there's a there's a lot of fun to it you know mm -hmm. like uh you're engaging with community they're seeing your product you know like you're finally kind of put because like when i'm here drawing it and stuff i'm in this little room locked in here nobody's seen it but jared you know and just us in an echo and then you know my poor wife has to see it constantly <laughs> and um uh and, and outside of that you know like the world isn't really seeing it you know um but when when it's well received, there, there's something fun to that kind of, you know, like I, I like being a part of that. Nice. I think you guys ran a really so I, I do. You know, this is my this is going to be the 12th episode. I can't remember what episode I, I'm not. I'm just over 10 episodes now. And, you know, most of my a lot of the people I talk to on the blog and on the show are, are kickstart people because uh, my audience likes that. And we, we we're all Kickstarter nerds. And um, I really think you guys ran a very professional campaign. Just just the email you guys sent me, like the can we be on your podcast email with the press release and everything. Like not everybody does that. And as like a comic reviewer and, you know, like a comic journalist, I hate saying that because I, I don't think that that's what I am, but. I just appreciated it. Like I, the extra, I noticed the extra effort you guys put into just in the, 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 the PR you guys did on your own, the emails you sent out, the way your campaign page was set up. Like, like I told Jared before you popped on, like I was, I was pretty sure this was gonna, this was gonna fund. Uh, and, and I'm really glad it did. Cause like, I'm just, I'm so stoked to read it. Like this comic just sounds so cool. Yeah. I think uh, like the campaign's presentation uh, was, is really mostly Matt, uh, Matt, you know, I kind of laid out the framework of what I wanted on the page 
because I was like, I think this will work well. And then Matt made all the graphics. And I think the graphics make the page look just significantly better. Matt that killer also, press release, though, Jared. That is you. Yeah, I, I did make the press release. Um, I, Matt and I both did a little bit of comics journalism slash reviews and stuff um, before we were creating them. And so I think part of that sort of fed into making the, the press release. I was like, okay, if I was writing about this book, if I was writing a press release, what did I want? To, what would I want it to look like? What would I want it to include? What's important information? And um, so, yeah, I was really fortunate in in that. And we we had a good press release that I thought had everybody. I was like, this has all the information you would need is right here. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we both did some of the the press stuff prior to to being fully enveloped in, in creating comics. And but yeah, I mean the campaign the campaign video Matt made all of it and made the song and uh, that I were like really really was super into. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I think our campaign video is fantastic, and that's one of my I think my favorite part of the page. To be totally honest, I think I've watched it. I've personally watched it three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that number was going to be a lot higher. I thought you were gonna be like I've watched it like 70, 75 times. Yeah, there's like I like log on to the Kickstarter page from the app, and I'm like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch it. You know, like I'm just gonna check out what it looks like. You know. Well, thank, uh, you know, uh, one of the reasons that uh, because this is the first time Jared and I have actually worked together, and and one of the things that um, when he when he asked if I wanted to draw it, uh, made me be like immediate like an, an immediate yes is the amount of like hustling I see him doing. Like he's a, he's like a, one of the hardest like hustlers I've I've seen out there. You know, in in in, in indie comics, and he's professional, and, and and that aspect of it was like, yeah, I'm going to work with this guy. You know, and and it, it turned out great. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely, um, I mean, well, this is also, it's your second campaign now, your, or your solo campaign, like you were, you did some anthology work that released on Kickstarter, but I mean, that's, I mean, you, obviously you want that to get funded when you guys are in anthologies, but I mean, you're not the ones like running the campaign, which probably I mean, alleviates a lot of stress. But this is your <laughs> second go, right? So, I mean, like, you, you know, Twin Blades was your first Kickstarter baby. So yeah. like, is it still terrifying though? Like, cause I'm I, the, the first one I hear is like really intense and it's new and exciting, but you're, you're even more nervous and you have no idea what to expect, but now you, this is your second. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like, I'm going to freak out no matter what, you know, like no matter what I'm going to freak out it, Kickstarter, a diamond release, whatever. It's going to freak me out because I'm going to, I'm convinced like, like I, I feel really confident. I felt super confident about twin blades and all the devils are here and even dry foot. And then, you know, you get to the point where it's like a week out from people are when people are going to read it and see it. And as a writer, I'm just like, this is the one where everyone realizes I actually suck. And, um, <laughs> you know, this is where the jig is up right here. And, uh, so I was really nervous. I was less nervous about All the Devils Are Here than I was Twin Blades. Uh, going into Twin Blades, I almost didn't launch it the week of of, of launch because I was freaking out so bad. But um, All the Devils Are Here, I felt pretty confident in what we were doing when we were going into. And uh, so it wasn't as bad, but I was still pretty nervous. Uh, I was, I was a, a nervous wreck. I've been kind of a nervous wreck for like six days. So, uh, so it was definitely still there. It just wasn't as intense. I think. I mean, at least you had, at least you had Matt's art to hide behind. Cause I'm like, Matt, I, this is my first time like uh, seeing your work. So like the, the yeah. seeing you on this campaign was, was the, my first um, Matt Harding experience. And like, I haven't got to see, I've gotten to see the, the pages that the press got to release, but I mean, your panel work is sublime. It looks gnarly. Uh, the one splash page you've shown us is just like 
whoa that like, page is cool yeah that page is cool <laughs> as fuck dude like i just it was uh i had i had it on my uh is with my phone background so i was getting hyped up for the for the interview like so i like had i have that on my lock screen and so but yeah man you're wow. just you're really good like you're 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 really good like well, thank you and that, jared you know, it, like jared looks out like he's his uh twin blades was twin blades was gorgeous too so i mean like you you know how to pick your you know how to pick your artist it, you know it's actually really good to hear people say that because the way that i i like in art um i used to work at a sandwich shop right like uh back in high school i worked at togo's if you ever eaten at togo's like i worked there for like two years and the way that i i liken because you hear a lot of artists be like oh i hate my work right and i'm i'm definitely you know i i get into that boat and it's because you see your art so much that you you only see what's wrong with it and it, you it's also like eating the same sandwich every single day for like two years you know like togo's i was i wouldn't eat sandwiches after i worked there you know but <laughs> so it's interesting to hear what people who see it for the first time like get out of it because you know like i've, I've been living with it for for my whole life and i'm just like i notice every little thing i do wrong i, I you know i always see other people's art and i'm always like wow that's amazing i wish i could do stuff more like that you know it's kind of like it's kind of it's that goes back into the whole uh putting your kickstarter out into the world you you kind of get people's reaction finally you know um so thank you what i'm saying is thank you for, for saying that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's no a long problem. long thank you, uh, but thank you. <laughs> yeah and, and you know we uh, we've only shown we haven't shown a single page past the halfway point of the book and I know Matt really likes the the splash page that we showed. Uh, it's one of my favorite pages, but it's like top six, top seven. There are like pages I. I'm oh, sorry. I, I, I just I just so I'm so excited to show some of these pages, but we don't <laughs> want to like spoil it. Yeah, um, they're they're awesome. They're like I really do think Matt's best work is uh, later on in the book. I think uh, his best work. The, the whole book's gorgeous, but something happened. Like as the book gets more intense, Matt levels up as as he's going on. And one of the things that I was really big on on getting across with the with the production of the book was that we didn't want to lose this point where this is a consciousness of a man who has dementia. Like he's he's not necessarily perceiving things the same way that we do. And uh, Matt's layouts for the pages as it gets more dramatic and as it levels up fit that. And it, and it feels almost disorienting sometimes in a way that works narratively. And it's fantastic. It's just brilliant. It's it's really, really fantastic art. And some of the best and some of my favorite pages are going to come from this book for a really long time. I'm super, super jazzed about, about people being able to finally see them. Nice. Yeah, we picked I, out a really good colorist too. Yes. Yeah, Warnia. Yes, you did. Yeah, Warnia is amazing. Uh, and then I know uh jared you were on you were on uh kevin's show uh what was it last week or two weeks ago and um i know you you guys kind of mentioned how like the the letter and lettering and the logo you guys uh stepped up who did your lettering on this melanie ujimori did okay. uh the letters and then um we had tim daniel did our logo for the yeah, book tim and tim's with uh tim's with vault mainly right yeah that, okay yeah he's so, like yeah, the I mean, elvis of logo design <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like <laughs> it was when i when i launched the blog and stuff like you know everybody had logos and so i was like I started, you know, I was, I was gaining a little bit of traction and, and I wanted something cool to like put on something. And like, I'm not an artist. Like I'm, I have an MFA background. I used to write short stories. Um, so like, you know, I'm a little bit of a writer, but like drawing and colors and stuff, man, it's like, nope, that's not happening. And I started talking to people about logos and I was like, I did not, I was very shocked to find like the price that came with logos. I was like, I was yeah, like, dude. oh, like Blake's not a big dog yet. Like we, we gotta <laughs> wait for that. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I've been fortunate to where I've worked with Tim. Uh, I worked with uh, Miguel Zapata at Dryfoot, or I'm sorry, at Mad Cave. And then I worked with Andrea Rosales for Twin Blades. But like graphic design and, and especially for comics is such a, a weird niche thing that I was, it's kind of, once you're really good at it, everyone's going to notice, mm. you know? And that's, and that, I think that's Tim's whole thing is like, Tim's logos are so good. And uh, I think um, Andres Suarez over at Skybound, he's the art director for Skybound. Mm. He he also does some really dope stuff uh, that that I'm really, that's, that's fantastic to look at. Uh, Miguel's obviously great. Andrea's great. But uh, Andres and Tim, I think, are are two of my favorite designers. Not to say anything bad about Andrea or or Miguel. <laughs> and Tim, uh, his work is so good that, uh, like, with with uh, especially with like Vault and like the early stuff, I didn't even have to look inside the actual book before like buying it. When it was, they used to just sell at conventions. And you'd walk yeah. down, and they'd have them all lined up, and you would just be like, okay, I'll take that one, that one, that one, because his design for the book was just so in tune with like what the cover was showing that you already knew this is something cool, you know, like. uh, so getting tim on this was like uh kind of a like a bucket list well that's kind of what pulls it that that pulls you in when you click on that when you click on the campaign page you see the logo you guys Mm -hmm. had the video and the music not everybody's still doing that and like and then some people do the video but you like get excited and then play it then it's just like it's like them in front of a bookcase like me talking and you're like oh i wanted like rock and roll in a cool comic trailer i am like the uh, the biggest sucker for comic book trailers like you put a if you have a cool kickstarter video i'm gonna give you some extra money i'm not gonna go digital <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely go physical i'll maybe pay an, an extra 20 bucks for a variant like i'm that sucker like you will lure me in i'm like a i'm like a fish with a shiny thing in the water like i'm gonna bite it <laughs> and you're gonna reel me right in uh and and i thought I, I like I said, your campaign page looked great. The video was cool. I appreciated, uh, even though I wanted to see more, that you guys were a little conservative with like how many pages you showed. Man, so many Kickstarters, you you know, and and I love Kickstarter, but you pay a little bit of extra for shipping and stuff. So maybe you pay fifteen dollars for a comic or a little more after shipping, and they show you like eight pages or something on the campaign page, and it's like there's only there's like 14 pages left. Like, you know, they yeah. so I, I thought that was cool. And, and also I think you just made us all just like extremely thirsty for more of it. Just like the, the fires of hell in those pictures, man, like we, we are all parched and sweating and just like waiting to drink that water. And I'm like, I mean, I like it. It was it was a really good campaign. I back a lot of Kickstarters. I I can I can uh, I'll, I'll feed you guys feed your guys' egos. Like it was a really really good campaign. And and I'm so I'm so stoked it funded just so I get to like read it eventually because it looks like so we cool. haven't even shown you guys the the main bad guy like the main demon. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we haven't even we, we've we held that back yeah yeah i think one the, the benefit of doing a 44 page book is that we can show we could have shown six or seven or eight pages and you still would have had a bunch mm. sitting in the back but i really wanted people to not have a full clue of what the plot was going to be like i really wanted people to come in cold because the book is it's it's not i don't think it's super twisty but it goes into some really strange places and you lose that if we show it to you, you know, Um, I wanted the book to be one of the first descriptions when I described the main villain to, to Matt was like, it should be jarring when he's on the page 
it should kind of throw you off the first time you see him and how, and, and kind of be a little unnerved when you see him. So yeah, we, we were definitely conservative with it. We wanted stuff that we could be like, listen, it, it's dope as shit. Like, and we can show you it's dope as shit with this, but you don't get everything, you know? <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's the kind of book that you can read fast because it's got a momentum. Like that, one of the things I really like about the book is it, it starts off a certain way, you kind of get your, your setup, and then it's got this, this relentless momentum that gives you story beats at the same time as like you're kind of in this like roller coaster ride uh, that brings you all the way to the end. And uh, I think it's definitely the kind of book people are going to be able to sit down and kind of just like you read it once through and you're like, okay, I got to go back and, and check out some more of the stuff again. At you know, and I, I I think one of the coolest things about it is it's a book people are going to want to like keep. You know, nice. You know what I mean? Like it's like a you, you're going to read it and you're probably going to want to look at it again and again and again. At least that's that's what I hope. I love that that kind of comic experience when you like. I have to, especially when I'm like reviewing something or going to cover something like, you know, I'm, when I'm reading it and I, I start going too fast, I, I sometimes I'll just finish it. You know, I'll be like, okay, like we can't slow it down. But then you like, you go back and you like take your time in the panels and think about the transitions and think about the layouts and appreciate the art a little more. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it's funny that it can get you both ways. Like you can find yourself like reading through the word, you know, reading through the bubbles too quickly and just to get to the next page to see more art or you're not paying as much attention to the art because you're like the story's yeah. really intense. And as a, like, just as a reader, like fuck being a reviewer and a, and a, you know, like a podcaster and stuff, but just as a nerd who likes reading comics, like I, I love when that happens, man. Cause that, that excitement builds up that, that like tension that you're like burning through these pages and it makes you, you know, makes you forget like the sad bullshit of like real life. And like back when you were a kid, like, you know, getting, ex well, I guess we still get excited about action figures and comic books, obviously, but that different, <laughs> that different level of excitement when like real life hasn't like broken you down yet. And you're just like <laughs> excited about toys and comic books. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think it's definitely got re value to revisit it, especially after you finish it the first time. It's going to have some some sort of value for you to go back and give it a, at least another look, uh, just because it gets so crazy. Like it, it just the last. I think the last like 10 pages are just mind blowing. And when I was looking at the art, I was like, damn, did I write this? Like, did I, was that me? <laughs> and uh, it was, you know, that's fate would have it. But there's, yeah, there's one it, page, there's one page in particular. And I, and I made a big deal. Cause I, I like, you know, uh, took a screenshot of the description, the paragraph of it. <laughs> and I won't give anything away here, but like, I was like, Jared, what are you doing to me here? It's like a full page splash, right? And I'll just, <laughs> that's all I'll say. But it is the craziest thing. There's like thing. Yeah, it's yeah. You'll see. <laughs> you'll see. Yeah. Because we were holding that page back, but you'll see. Um, you'll know which page it is. Yeah. Where, where he like gave me the description. I put everything on that page you wanted too. Yeah. I put it all there. <laughs> and it is. It is. It is cr the craziest thing. It is. It yeah, is magic crazy. That that was a fun. That was my favorite page to write, and I think that's my favorite page in the book because I actually went back to see. It, what the dialogue I had written for that page because I was like, man, I, I got to make sure I'm not covering this up. And uh, I had written like a one, a one, um, a one liner, like a, something that the, the the protagonist says. And it was the exact thing that I wanted to write the second time. So I had just <laughs> nailed it. Like I had just nailed it on the first look. <laughs> I had a, I, I did an interview this week with, uh, with Leslie, uh, Leslie Julian about uh, Savage Wizard. Oh yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> they were, uh, him and Brian were on and, and they were talking about the, the first page of the kick of the Kickstarter and you see it on their campaign. There's like 40 orcs in this picture. And Leslie was like, Leslie was like, yeah, just 
page one, I was like, drop 40 orcs. Like, <laughs> and it made me think of, um, there was an old, uh, older uh, interview where, where Jim Lee was talking about his and Scott Snyder's, Scott Snyder's uh, Superman. And there's a part in that where uh, Superman, like, throws every Batmobile in the Batcave at this villain. And so there's like these beautiful pages of just like every Batmobile throughout like the decades being thrown. And Jim Lee was talking about it and he was like, yeah, I get the script. And he's like, every single Batmobile ever, you have to draw all these and then fling them across the page. And I was just like, it's, it's funny because you, sometimes you forget about stuff like that, about um, the, that side of the creative process where uh, the, both, both of you guys, like good storytellers, the artist may challenge the writer a little bit and, and the writer may challenge the, the uh, artist a little bit. And then both of you guys make like the letters life living hells and they can, <laughs> like figure out where to put everything and make this, make the, the text cohesive that we need to understand the story so man you guys live in a crazy world like comic book creators man like it's cool what you guys do i appreciate it well, well you know uh i mean the, the cool thing was is that jared definitely threw some challenging stuff at me but it wasn't um it wasn't like so like sometimes you'll get like uh, a page you got drawn it'll be like a million people on it or something and you're just like oh my god I, this is gonna be monotonous right uh but every challenge he threw at me was like fun right it was like nice. all fun stuff it wasn't ever like i didn't have to draw like you know something that was so complicated that i would just be sitting there banging my head against the wall like i gotta draw really fun stuff happening you know what i mean and uh there are a lot of sequences in it uh one that follows uh right after that big page that you're talking about being on your lock screen with the the egyptian god coming through the ground like that um where it's a, it's a crazy action sequence that you're you're seeing and it was challenging to do but it was a lot of fun it was like it was it was super fun to, to do yeah, my, my goal whenever I go in to write something is to make it engaging, uh, I think is, is the best way to say it. Because, and I mean, obviously there's ways to do that. Like a 40 orc opening page is is something that's going to catch the reader. It's yeah. going to catch it. <laughs> but um, I, I think that like my whole style is to make it engaging and set a pace is kind of what I'm looking for most of the time. And so for, for All the Devils Are Here and for Twin Blades, nothing ever came up where I was like, yeah, I need a crowd shot of like 40 people doing X, Y, and Z. It was always just like, I need this sword here or I need a giant god bursting out of the ground and now he's doing X and this. And so to me, it's always about pacing, right? That, I think that's always the biggest challenge that I give artists is, is to kind of carry that pace over from script to, to page. And I think, uh, I think Matt excelled at it, uh, obviously. Like, I, I, I don't think uh, there's, there's times in that book where you just want to catch your breath. You know, like nice. you just want to just take a second to breathe because you're like, geez, like this is nonstop. And and so it captures it really well and it rolls with it. You know, <laughs> uh, out of all the pages I've done, there is one sequence um, and it's the ending of the book. So I won't I won't, of course, say what it is, but there's one sequence that actually doesn't have anything crazy happening too much. It's like the end of the book. You're getting like the strong story beat. And it's it's kind of a, um, a quieter moment uh, towards the end. And uh, that that is actually what I'm the most proud proud of i think in the entire book is those couple pages um you know where it's not you know a, a giant monster bursting through the ground and stuff like that it's but it's 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 
when yeah. that breath comes, you know. It, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, that, that yeah, that's all I was gonna say. It's it's that it, what 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 stands out to me about those pages that you're talking about is that it's an emotional page. Like we're doing really close, intimate character work, and it's and in lands because it's not all about at the end of the day. It, it's yes, there's a bunch of demons. They're bursting out of the ground. They're they're made out of snow. They're coming at you, but it's still a really really emotional story. And when we do slow down and we bring it in close and we bring it into these these really intimate moments that's where i think the book can die at right like that's that's where you can lose people at and so whenever we get these really intimate close-up shots on a character who's clearly in pain hurting the way that we make those work the way that matt made those work is is really a testament to the entire book and to matt and that's what makes it that's what makes the book stand out the most like i we could write a book that is is nothing but demons trying to kill this guy and he's doing badass stuff the entire time and it would be fun and we'd have a lot of time doing it but it wouldn't make necessarily be a good story what makes yeah. it a good story and a good comic by extension is that we slow down on those nice intimate emotional character moments and and we nail it you know i'm i'm, I'm we just just nailed it. I did another lettering pass and I was looking at the pages as I was checking the, the dialogue and everything. And I was like, fuck, this rules. Like, this is such, such good storytelling. And I'm, I, I agree with, with Matt. Those are some of my most proud writing moments is that I was like, we really did land this. <laughs> and it's hard to land a slowdown like that when it's moving 100 miles an hour all the time. It is, but you're really good at that. Like, just looking at some of your, your past stories, I mean, Twin twin blades the relationship with the brother and the sister you know like that and that was just like tons of action and it was very yeah. fast but you still had that moment where the the, the brother finally believes her you know he's like yeah. he's like oh we do have this destiny i do need to help you fight because he he abandons her like it gets there's like some big emotional beats in twin blades that that you know like behind the action uh yeah. i'm thinking about your deal in big hype like big hype was was very was super emotional and and i had like that happy ending you didn't really expect um but i mean that was all i mean so i mean you i can see how you're good at, at slowing things down and then looking at dry foot like i mean dry foot has you've you've harnessed that that like you know stranger things stand by me vibe uh where we love watching kids like fuck up and do <laughs> terrible things that's so weird how that's like one of the best experiences in like media is like watching young kids just go through traumatizing experiences <laughs> that they'll like never escape from but makes for a hell of a movie um but i mean that's you know dry foot had that same thing so it's i i like how you find these artists that can help bring your emotion out because you are you do have like strong emotional beats in your narratives and like you said the art the artist has to be with you for that because if you know like when the comic slows down as it needs to you know it's can't, it can't all it's not all a splash page it can't all be batmobiles getting thrown across the page like that's not yeah. a story so yeah like but you're really good at that and your artist your 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 artists your artists are really good at backing you up on that i didn't the funniest thing about big hype is i didn't think they were going to let us go through with that story <laughs> oh really yeah i was like convinced so i wrote the story before no one told me anything um and i'm not i'm not digging at anybody it's just funny no one told me anything they were like hey we want to do a 20 page we want you to do a 20 page story um for this book 
And I was like, cool. And then the artist that they picked for me was Jay and Jay and I are friends. And um, I was like, man, I've been watching a bunch of Westerns lately and I kind of want to do like a shoot 'em up Western. And this is kind of what I'm thinking. And I want to mix in, you know, absurdism and existentialism. And he was like, cool, let's do it. And uh, after I'd written the script and Jay was working on it, they were like, yeah, we're looking for stuff that we want it to be fun and, and poppy. And, something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just read, the, I just wrote this whole thing about this air of existing. And now you're going <laughs> to tell me that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cause you had, you had one of the longer pieces in that. Like they gave you a few extra pages than they did yeah. some of the other teams. I got away with it. You know, <laughs> That's that, I like made out like a bandit, you know, <laughs> you should put that on your, that you should have that be your business card. Just like, I got away with it. Well, I mean, you, we can say you're an award winning author. I mean, you get, you get to say that, you know, you, do I? Well, what I mean, I that, that's, you won the, you won the talent, the talent oh, scout. Yeah, that's yeah. an award, man. That's an I, award. I already won the greatest award they could give. I was born Mexican. <laughs> yes. Done. All right. <laughs> I don't, man. That was really good. <laughs> like, I, I just like lost you. You like took my breath away. Like, <laughs> oh, well, that's all. Uh, that's awesome. But I do. I think it's cool that you won the the Mad Cave deal. I love Mad Cave. Mad Cave is is good people, and uh, they have really cool stuff coming out too. And Dryfoot, like I mentioned, was really fun. Um, and so that was, so you won that and then went and did dry foot, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, um, are you, do you think you'll, cause you've kind of like moved into kit, the Kickstarter world now. So like, are you kind of, what, what are you liking? Are you kind of liking that, that freedom, even though it has some extra stress with Kickstarter or I'm uh, not to talk about like, you know, your previous publisher experiences, but I mean, yeah. I think that experience has warded me off of mainstream publishing, to be super honest, like yeah. for the immediate future. Um, I'm, I'm really fortunate that I have uh, another gig coming up with a new publisher next month that I'll start I'll start working with them. And they, they were super supportive uh, through everything that happened in the last month. And um, they were really cool and really good to me. And I'm really excited to work with them. And uh, but aside from that, I don't I don't know. Uh, there's a couple I, I'm, I'm good friends with the people out of Wave Blue World. And I, I want to figure out something to work with them on. But uh, I'm, I'm perfectly happy doing Kickstarter comics because yeah. I, I kind of don't respond to people telling me what to do anyway. Like I kind of have like an authority thing. And so I kind of like that. But I love everybody at Mad Cave. If they asked me to come back, I 100% would. And so, you know, for the immediate future, my immediate plans center around Kickstarter. And if there's any, I'm not designing pitches for publishers. I'm not reaching out to editors to, to schmooze. I'm, I'm really just working on telling stories I want to tell and how I want to tell them and who I want to tell them with and kind of just seeing where that leads me. Nice. What about you, Matt? How many, was this your first like major Kickstarter? Oh, no. I, uh, so I did a, I kickstarted uh, my own book God, it was seven years ago. Issue one and two of it. Um, I did the Not Forgotten Anthology five years ago. And then I took a break from, from running Kickstarters um, after that because that was such a massive, a massive project. Um, and then, Tell so me this about is, 
tell them the amount. Uh, it ended up making like twenty seven thousand. Oh wow! Yeah. But I mean, we I mean we paid all the artists, and it was a whole. Yeah. I mean, it was a whole thing. Um, it was huge. It's, it's a yeah. Huge it's a anthology. real big book. Yeah. It's all it's all um like public domain heroes, right? And the thing that's really interesting about it is that uh me and a couple of friends had just been sitting around seeing, wow. and we had seen the um the dynamite thing, you know, where like dynamite was doing like Black Terror and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that looks kind of fun to just like redesign, you know, public domain heroes. And so we we're like, why don't we, you know, put something together? And we started looking into it. And the amount of history that you start to uncover is just massive, right? It's just fucking massive. And sorry for, for swearing. Um, but um, <laughs> there there are so many illustrators. There are so many people that um, have just been, you know, not not to use the book names, the name of the book, but forgotten about. Like all these people who pioneered uh, the our comic book industry are not talked about at all. All the, in, in the thing that was really cool about it was we were uncovering all these heroes that um this is like right after superman came out right like superman came out it was huge success and then all of a sudden everybody was like setting up print shops in the back of like laundromats and you know like just anywhere they could because it was a it was a gold rush you know and um they but they didn't know what like a superhero was i'm giving a whole pitch for a different book now but <laughs> didn't even know what a what a superhero was but um, so there were there were characters coming out that like there's this one guy named Pharaoh who was like a detective and there was like vampires coming from uh, I think it was like Jupiter or something and so he would like pop this pill he's like a he was like a you know a trench coat wearing fedora wearing detective he pops this pill and he turns into a, a gorilla that wears a uh, like a gorilla that wears that has a, like a ray gun and just beats the heck out of vampires you know like it was just it was just wild wild hell stuff. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there's a guy named uh, Fat Man Flying Saucer and he he's a guy who was just this fat guy who runs around and he turns into a literal flying saucer and shoots things like that's what his superpower was and there there's another one atomic tot a toddler who pops a pill and it just jacks him up and he just starts beating people up like it, it's anyway anyway we're here to talk about a different book but that book is an interest <laughs> so like we we uncovered all this history so we, we we did like a little history section and then uh we had people recreate uh, uh these characters and and actually some of those characters have spun out of that book like we had Kevin Cuff. Uh, he did a story in there, um, the Iron Skull. And since then, he's gone on to do like Metal Shark Bro and all that stuff. Um, uh, Omar did, uh, he did Moon Girl, which is now actually spun directly out of that book to be being produced by Scout. And it's uh, the Lunar Ladies. Oh, um, so like, yeah, so like things have come from that book. It is a really cool book. But since this then- is the, This is the Not Forgotten anthology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the I... book that your podcast host probably should have known that one of his guests was in charge of. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry, man. Don't worry. <laughs> It was five yeah, years ago. Man. I failed. Years. I failed you guys. But no, I've I've heard of that. Um, that was so. I only recently got into Kickstarter. So like all the craziness and like when I heard when I heard phrases like Kickstarter legends and like and I was like, what does that mean? And then I learned that like, well, well, Kickstarter's been going along. You know, I just got into it real hard in the last year. Um, yeah. But like you said, like these campaigns are, are several years old. And but yeah, is is that is this book like for our, our listeners who who didn't who have been asleep <laughs> like like me? Like, is that you can you still get it? Yeah, actually, it's it's one of the tiers on this. Yeah, on, on this on our current Kickstarter is oh, it's shit. one of the tiers. Yeah, I was going to yeah. I'm up to get that and dry foot. The, so I may have to I may have to upgrade or switch. You know, no offense. 
<laughs> no, that's fine. No, I, no, I think I, we have both. Yeah, I don't know if we have uh, not forgotten as an add-on, Matt. Let me check that right now because if we can change yeah, we that, should, right now. we should change that. Then, yeah, uh, I mean, it's. I'm really proud of that book. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it. Uh, Kickstarter. It, it's just been this and last year where it like it's always been good for comics, right? Mm -hmm. But just this and last year, it has sure, become yeah. really good for comics. Like yeah. it, it. It has become like I think I was just seeing a thing the other day where like the the projects that are making the most money, I think, is i might be talking bullshit here but i think it is comics right now right like yep. out of all the sections, comics and comics and board games i know make a lot of money on kickstarter. we uh comics are the number one kickstarter that is they're getting fully funded so it, that's they just did a news piece about this or something like uh david uh david peppos was all was all loving it because they showed the oz when they were yeah. scrolling through on the promo art it was actually on the nightly news at in, in the restaurant he was sitting in right yeah they showed his yeah true that's gotta that's gotta be a gnarly feeling like you know a lot of people like or not a lot of people but some of you guys get to like walk in a comic book store and like and like see your comic but like that that's the one bad thing about kickstarter is sometimes i mean sometimes eventually they'll end up in a store because of various reasons or someone picks it up but like man to, to like be on to be on like a kickstarter tv like because so many people don't know what it is so they, I, I was still shocked that they ran like a news segment on it i love it like i'm glad they did there is one time I have had my art in a news story on the six o'clock news and I'll, and I'll make it a short story, but, it, but, uh, I went to college, uh, in San Francisco and I'll be paying off my loans for the rest of my life for this, but I went to Academy of Art <laughs> and, um, I had a, I had a, a, a short comic that I did and they had blown it up and they put it in the window. Right. And so I, I went home one day and it was six o'clock news and they were talking about this gnarly accident. Like that was right on the, you know, in a road in San Francisco, it was this horrible thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Hey, Hey, everybody look, you know, and I'm pointing it. It's like my art is in the background of this gnarly accident like they crashed <laughs> right in front of the of the comic page <laughs> and everybody was like hey uh you might not want to be too happy about that. <laughs> things, things are on fire children are crying like behind the flames you can see you can see the art in the window and I'm, there, like, I'm in me. the news yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and then, all right. So, is is this? Um, so it's forty four pages. So we get we're getting a little bit we're getting a little bit of extra meat in the Kickstarter sandwich, which is already cool. I dig that. Um, is it going to be built like Twin Blades, Jared? Like, is it like nice card stock and like man that just holding Twin Blades was like that's one of my favorite parts about Kickstarter is like the comic doesn't come with like the moisture ripples like pre installed, <laughs> um, and then like you know like it feels heavy every time you turn a page you got to check and make sure you're not turning two pages like i live for that shit now i never thought that like so many people freak out about like spines like on the bookshelf looking the same and i'm like no nah, man like cardstock covers and weighty paper like just that's what i need in my life yeah i didn't know anything at all about printing and i still don't know a whole bunch but I know that Twin Blades came out super well and it felt good and it was sturdy and that's kind of what I wanted. So now I'm just going to choose that all the time. Those are my options and that's <laughs> what I'm budgeting for. So, yeah, I don't know like much of anything about printing at this point, but now I have an invoice that shows exactly what I did. <laughs> and so I can just reference that now from now on. Nice. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you get into that, Matt? Like, cause I mean, that's oh, yeah. like a huge deal now is like paper stock. And so I, I remember when DC started doing card stock and everybody, was like and i was like god man like so many people get impressed like by the mainstream comic stuff and i just want to like pull them in and be like try kickstarter have your fucking mind blown 
like he, book, no no offense to marvel cards like oh yeah i mean to <laughs> no offense to marvel but those books i think they actually use an interior page as a cover at this point right and yeah. so yeah. like those books like you like i'll be reading one and then i'll like go to put it down and it'll like be stuck to my hand and it'll be it'll be like a fingerprint yeah. on the front of it and i'm like what the heck just happened you know like uh, having the tangible object is a is like a definite like part of this you know and oh if, if you've never have you ever like subscribed to a comic like just straight from the printer they just put it right into the like i did it for dc once the green lantern i think it was like way back one and uh they put it in the bag right from the printing press and they send it to you and you open it up and you get that ink just like a whiff of the ink smell yeah you never lived until you done that man that's uh new marvel omnibuy omnibuses however like that's uh i swear to god i've lost several brain cells from these new <laughs> and you unwrap them from the plastic and you're like you start reading it and you're I, i'm like man am i lightheaded i mean it's like <laughs> it's like having a fucking bottle of paint bucket of paint right I, it's great you just i mean i love it but i'm like this is can't be good i'm like I'm like huffing <laughs> stuff over here man like matt's <laughs> like as somebody who huffs paint it's great, <laughs> 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 there is no better experience <laughs> Please don't have paint kids that's no for the for the for the people that just like listen to me way too much like please don't don't <laughs> it was a joke <laughs> we need our brain cells to read we'd be like that's what i'm always scared of like i have um i have like all these books because during quarantine i i found realty or or uh, like retail therapy right i was just like i was just like man i love getting stuff in the mail it's like i'm sort of connected to the outside world but not really but there's like there was a person on my porch and like left these comic books for me and so like it was just kind of I, I so i have all these books that like i don't know that i'm ever going to be able to read like by myself at, with like a job and I'm always you scared know, that like something's gonna happen. I'll be like, I'll go blind and like just have this like library of books. And I was like, what did I do? I forgot to read them. <laughs> in seeing your background there, that that uh, ink uh, huffing high is one that you're you're chasing often, man. I've seen a oh, lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's well. So, uh, luckily, some of them are older. It's just it's the new Marvels, man. Like oh. I don't know what it, I guess. I mean, I guess because maybe there's a thousand pages in it, and they're all like fresh and but. Those, you got those some cool omnibuses. omnibuses. Yeah, yeah I, 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 that's my that and Kickstarter comics are like my preferred. Like I love um like I big hardcovers. I'm I'm awesome. Like that's my least favorite part of Kickstarter is that when you get the big hardcovers, sometimes it's like it's a lot of money, but then you get them and they're Dude, like worth it. <laughs> they're crazy expensive to to make up your book hardcover. It's oh, yeah. it's wild. Um, I don't have like any omnibuses, I don't think. That's or omnibuy. That's not like my bag. <laughs> but uh yeah, during during COVID, just on a funny story on that. During COVID, I got at my shop. Uh, obviously diamond shutdown. So during the diamond shutdown, I'm, I'm in, I'm in rural West Texas. So if my comic shop can't get comics, he's closing, like it's, it's over. And so he was getting books from a, uh, he was getting trades from a book distributor. And I was like, that was still running. And I was like, man, here's a list of trades that I'll, I'll buy from you so that I can go in on Wednesday and I can get something. And uh, I got it in my head that I was going to read all of Hellboy and <laughs> I was going to read all of Invincible and they're all still s- sitting <laughs> on my desk. 
with Dude, those I are haven't the two read best. Oh my god, I, I'm such a fan of those two comics too. You got to read I, them, Jared. I read Hellboy Goes to Mexico, and I was like, "This is incredible! Like, this is <laughs> so good." And um, no, I, I like I haven't read a comic in like a month just because I've been busy and I'm planning the Kickstarter and we were running it. Um, so now my next tomorrow, I'm going to definitely get some reading done so I can kind of relax a little bit. But yeah, man, I got like a fat stack of trades <laughs> and a short box full of floppies that I'm supposed to be to have read. And I've just been like, I can't I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. At least it's not just me and and passing out from from the bank fumes that I'm up <laughs> from these fucking giant books dcs don't smell weird i don't i mean not, not to like take away from your guys's kickstarter campaign victory and go into <laughs> how books smell did not know how this conversation would happen but dc <laughs> omnibuses don't smell like marvel like and and it's funny because i always think of marvel as like catering more to to the younger audience because i feel like dc's like especially now just super dark and edgy um and i love a lot of what they do but it's just like I'm like, man, I don't, I couldn't imagine a kid reading Batman these days with how like emotionally intense and, and, well, and it, it's it, like, it's structured. It's, they're very complex. Like when Tom King was writing it and stuff. So yeah, they don't smell weird, but I Marvel, like, it's like, they want to give these little kids paint. And then I mean, maybe that's how they're keeping people addicted to the MCU. I don't know, man. There's got to be a, <laughs> there's got to be it. a reason. <laughs> chasing, chasing the paint high of a Marvel comic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh wow! But it's uh, Jared, yeah. I gotta Jared. I gotta ask. Uh, you have a, a Han Solo and Carbonite right behind you. What is that? A it's a Solo. mini fridge. That's a mini fridge. It is a mini fridge. So I think you That's got crazy. that if you pre-ordered Battlefront Two at Walmart. And oh. I fucking hate Battlefront Two. It's so but, hard. Uh, it's so yeah. hard. <laughs> it's stupid. It's dumb, and I hate it. I, but I kept the mini fridge. I don't have the game anymore. I don't That's know where so it is. That's so cool, though. But I, I have the mini fridge it does not cool very well but it's kind of cool to have like a little han solo and carbonite that i like incredible Wars, so yeah yeah i i bought uh i bought battlefront 2 on launch and bought like a, i didn't get the, the carbonite super special edition i just got the dlc and stuff but i'd never been good at that game man it was never good at battlefront but i was like oh it looks so cool and star wars and then and then oh my god and then you just get your ass kicked on the ground for like hours and you know you finally <laughs> yeah. get in the plane and you just fly it into a, a fucking building because it's so hard like the game is so hard man i am a diehard star wars mark like you can get me to buy pretty much anything if it has the star wars thing I will never in my life buy another Battlefront game. I don't care how many Han Solo mini fridges you offer me. I will not ever play it again. It's the worst. Have you watched any of the the new, um, it just came out, the new Star Wars, like Animatrix kind of animated Dude, thing? No, I'm definitely going to, though. I thought it looked amazing. Yeah, it looks Visions, really cool. It looks fantastic. Uh I'm glad that, again, we're, I am getting a little derailed, but I'm glad that Star Wars seems to be getting a little bit more experimental. But mm -hmm. especially when you look at what inspired Star Wars, right? All Star Wars is inspired by Westerns and uh, Kurosawa's samurai films, you know? Uh, you could look at, at, oh my God, Yojimbo and Hidden Fortress and see a bunch of things that tie into Star Wars. So seeing Star Wars return to, to or not returned, but to let these Japanese creators do something that their culture, that like one of the greatest creative members of their entire cultural history get a chance at, at working on, 
I it was like I was immediately hooked before I even saw a trailer. I was like, yes, like uh, done, sold. And um, it helps that I like anime as well. But uh, I'm just super pumped. I didn't even realize that it came out today. And I I feel I saw a post about it and I was like, that's not out until some other time. (laughs) But like that's the Kickstarter has taken over my brain. So I I completely missed that it came out today. Kickstarter brain. I I didn't know that until I, I didn't, I didn't even know what it was. Like I hadn't even heard of it yet. And then I saw it today and I was like, what is this? And then like, I got to go see this now. Oh yeah. I'm just always used to stuff coming out like so much longer after you hear it. Like, like you, you hear about the new comic book movie and then it's like, okay, it comes out in like 2023. Great. Like, thanks for letting me know. And then like, so when I heard about, I feel like I didn't hear about it till recently. And I was like, oh yeah, it's like, I guess I'll watch that when it comes out. And then my coworker today after lunch, he was like, dude, it's like the Animatrix. And that of course, like threw me. Cause I love like the Animatrix was it's yeah. so it's so rad. The Matrix is another great franchise. I don't care what anybody says. I will defend the Matrix until my dying day. <laughs> Same. Uh, it, it, that and it's PS2 CGI and <laughs> Reloaded. And I will defend it until I'm dead. I love that they're a- including that in the. There's like the the watch order to like watch all the movies before the new one comes out, and it tells you like when to watch each like part of the Animatrix and when to watch the movie, and it includes the cutscenes from the video game which i guess you can watch on youtube oh, yeah. you can just get on there and stream it i was about oh, yeah. to bring up how cool that game was so you obviously you played it right oh yeah it, it, they had that whole thing where you like would hack into it remember that like you mm-hmm. would uh you would like go to their hacking screen and put in little codes and it would like do cool ass stuff for your your characters that yeah. was, i've never seen anybody ever do that again like ever someone probably has but i just haven't seen it and that was one of like the we we didn't have bad, the like the Batman Arkham games that I think like the fighting the fighting in those games was very similar. It was like a mixture of that and like the God of War type fighting. And mm-hmm. so like we weren't oversaturated with those play styles yet. And we got to like slow down time and do all that with the gunplay. And so yeah, yeah, that was that was like a really crazy game. I remember everybody playing that and just like that's all everybody did is at everybody's house. Everybody had the the PS2, the Matrix game, and like I don't know. Was Surge still out? I feel like Surge was still readily available wherever you could get it at. Did, did they actually bring the? Did they actually put the characters from the game in the movie briefly? Right? Wasn't were they in one of the movies briefly? I can't remember, but I, now I'm thinking that they were. I thought they were in the movie, or like just side characters in the movie originally, and they. Oh, and, oh, and so that then they brought them into the game, kind of thing. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I need to rewatch that. That was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen them in a really long time. All that comic book huffing. Uh, <laughs> that part of my life is gone yeah. no i still i still remember going to see the matrix uh like when it was brand new and it, movies were so so much different then because if you didn't have the it, you know you didn't have the internet we didn't have youtube you couldn't just pull up a trailer you had to like see it during a football game or something yeah and uh and so like i had no idea what the matrix was <laughs> phrasing i guess like no one does but you know, i was like what is the matrix and my buddy was like let's go see it so i did and i was just like whoa like mind was blown and then i saw the second one in a zoo imax that had like a four-story screen and wow. that was that was dope as fuck like like an cool. animal zoo like yeah yeah the, our huh. kansas city zoo used to have a uh, this imax theater where they would when it first opened the screen was so big the movies could only be like 23 minutes long because like the reels would get too hot and catch on fire and then so <laughs> as the zoo had it for a couple of years like they could make the movies longer and and it was trippy man like it, it the screen was so big it felt like it was all over and 
it you know they looked like you were flying and stuff and and then they when they finally like put a real movie on it kansas city was like oh my god and it was the matrix and everybody saw it there and it was i remember it was like 17 dollars, and we were all like this is so expensive and now like a movie's like the movie's 25 bucks to go see a movie (laughs) that's such a sales point though like our movie screen is so big we can only show 20 minutes otherwise the whole thing will catch on fire (laughs) yeah you would you would get me seeing like lord of the rings in 60 visits because i'd be like (laughs) hell yeah you know? <laughs> like i'm gonna be here for it <laughs> yeah it was, it was a cool it was a cool deal and and but yeah it, it started out as just all like nature videos like that we get like on the, the nat geo and stuff now but they would just show it at the mm. zoo and you could go in there and check it out and so they started it off for you to like kind of be able to go experience nature as if you were there and then they just started hitting you with the matrix yeah after a while <laughs> yeah they were, they were like they're like oh this this is cool i think when you got the zoo you got to see it for free like they showed them throughout the day you just had to show up at the right time and then they were like i mean you still could like buy the popcorn and all that stuff which you know that's where movie theaters make steal all their money because mm-hmm. a, deal, think- a deal of nachos is, is not worth six dollars <laughs> and fifty cents uh anyway but uh you know so they you could go see it for free and then yeah they they started putting the movies out they i think they re they re-aired jurassic park and then the matrix and then it closed jurassic maybe, park, maybe yeah. it caught on fire maybe it did finally catch it was just finally i think the, the matrix the, the, got it yeah, the funniest part of this is like hey want to come see nature come see a movie in the zoo <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like you could walk six feet and see a real rhino, but you but is the rhino four feet tall or four stories high? Like fuck no! Like I'm gonna go to there. <laughs> that is, I never th- I never thought about that. Like that's a very today thing too for for how long ago it was. Like I mean, I feel like today is it's like let technology hide you, like or or vice versa, hide behind the technology. Yeah, you, know, you go like, you go and you put a VR helmet on at the zoo to go to like a virtual zoo. You know, like that's like what you did. <laughs> that's what's next, man. I'm that's one thing I'm surprised it didn't kick off during quarantine. Like, like Kickstarter, like a you know comic book Kickstarter got real popular in the last year and a half, and a lot of people think that it was because we were stuck at home and didn't have the cons, you know. And this was like the closest thing we could get to kind of interacting with creatives. Um, well, sort of. <laughs> I think like part of the reason that comic Kickstarter blew up in the last year is because there were no cons and that's how they expect you to meet editors and put your work in front of Mm. them. And uh, which I think is kind of a shitty system in the first place to be super honest with you. Like you don't need to meet somebody in person to realize their work is good, you know? And um, I think that it's, a really complex system of gatekeeping and I'm going to leave it at that because I don't, I don't want to be, I'm not trying to fire shots at anybody. Like I, I genuinely think that the industry needs to open it up more because you're, you're talking about creators that are uh, fantastic that are taking their books and they're completely wiping out the middleman. And many of these books are, are of this amazing quality. Uh, Commander Rao is, is a great example. Commander Rao is a fantastic book and heartfelt, intense action. And it's written by written and drawn and colored by Fellhound with letters by um, letter squids. That book blew up. Everybody loved it. Everybody still loves it. And it's been like a year since it came out and all everybody still talks about that book. Um, and now it's getting published through Scout. Yep. So 
Fell lives in Canada. Uh, I don't know if that's clear. She, it's on her profile. But mm-hmm. it, getting to a con in the United States or getting to a con anywhere might not be in her budget. Yeah. And so to to kind of slant the scales against her when she makes quality work seems like a kind of a of a, a thing we should kind of be facing and dealing with as an industry. Um, it also allows super predatory publishers to flourish uh, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so. I'm not a big fan. I like cons a lot. I love them. Uh, I don't really like going to them, hoping to schmooze somebody into talking to me about my work. Like I went to C2E2 before the world shut down and I met with a few people that ended up meaning nothing because at diamond shut down and nobody cared anymore, Mm. but I didn't spend my whole time doing that. I met, I met my friends that I knew online. Uh, I went out and my, my wife bought every single baby Yoda print that they had at (laughs) our Sally just snatched them up. And so like, I had a lot of fun in Chicago. I really loved it, but I I was like, I'm not going to spend every waking moment desperately hoping somebody cares enough to listen to what I'm talking about. Like I'm, 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 you, you could reach out to me, you know, I, I've yeah. got books to show. You know, <laughs> you know like the, the interesting thing, uh, because, you know, like I said, I, I, I self-published like seven years ago. I, I've been doing cons since I've been doing the, the West coast uh, conventions for 15 years, I think at this point, wow. um, like I've been around. Right. But like the interesting thing about what happened during COVID that I found, uh, at least my experience was that, uh, the comic book industry, you know, like it's a small place, but there still are a lot of like micro bubbles, you know what I'm saying? Like micro bubbles, like this group all knows this group, this group all knows this group. And they kind of stick to those. Like, and it, and it works with cons that way. Like you always see the same people at the cons, you know? Um, and you're kind of in your environment. But then when, when COVID happened on Twitter specifically, um, which was already kind of, people were already using it for industry stuff, but, uh, those bubbles smashed together, right? Mm. Like they just all smashed together. Everybody came together being like, let's, you know, let's, let's be friends on, you know, let's, let's try to bring the con experience to, you know, to Twitter kind of, you know, like they all start doing these cons at home. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some of that. There's all this like uh, groups that were getting made, like the group that and there's a group Jared and I are part of that all got made because of COVID. Um, so we met. Yeah, I was about to say that. That's yeah, how, that's and, how I met Matt. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I actually I mean, I, th- I feel like a lot of my really good industry friends are all now people that I don't I've never seen in real life. I met them all during COVID. And it's almost been like I like a reinvention of Matt Harding, the artist in itself, being introduced into these bubbles that he's never been in before right like jared's all the way in texas you know like rouse all the way in in canada like these people are all over the place and we all talk as if we as if we were friends um at a convention you know yeah and it it, it's and that's in kickstarter we're all supporting each other's kickstarters and that's become a huge thing and there's just this massive market and uh friendship groups that have all come from having to go digital that's pretty amazing you know yeah, yeah I, I've I experienced that. that totally. Uh, it's like just the the random group chats that are like at a time I was like, man, I'm in too many group chats and it like gets annoying. But then like, I thought about it the other day and I was like, man, I have like a lot of legit friends now that like, we just, we talk all the time, but never see each other. It's it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's the last year had that happen. Yeah. We, we met, like I said, Matt and I met in a group chat that was made for us to like all hang out on zoom and we're all going to get on zoom. We're all just going to talk comics. And over the course of the last year and a half, all of us have just gotten so 
so tight that we just, I, I, I've been missing the group chat because of my day job, but, or I've been missing the Zoom calls that we still do on, we still do weekly. And I, I've been missing those because I've been working, but we're all still texting each other pretty much all day through Twitter. And yeah. so all day we're sitting there talking, talking shit and making jokes and puns. And it's, it's literally like probably the closest friend group I've had as an adult in, in several years. As yeah. they have it. It's weird. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's different, you know, but it's, it's, I, I appreciate it, you know, like, cause there is that aspect also of going to cons uh, that Jared brought up um, where you kind of, you go there, you know, and you're like, Oh, I want to meet some editors. And you, you put this pressure on yourself and you're, you know, you're trying hard to do this while a million other people are trying hard to do this. And editors are all trying to like dodge everybody, you know, and it's like this whole thing, but like, I, I feel like since then because of because of covid because of these groups uh, a lot of that pressure has kind of been taken off you know and this i actually just did my first convention here in in portland um since covid and a couple of people from that group showed up there and it was like we were we've been friends for 10 years or something you know yeah. like it is the first time i've actually ever met these people uh in person and it's it's i don't know it's been a great thing you know um i mean not covid but, <laughs> but uh, not don't get me wrong i'm not saying covid's been a great thing but uh the whole you know, meeting people online and getting into those groups have been good, you know? Yeah, it's, it's different these days. Yeah, I think it changed. I think COVID exposed the cracks in how comics operates. Mm. Um, not just and not just with with the cons aspect, but with Diamond. I mean, look at what's happening to Diamond in the course of a year and a half. Um, who knows what that even means for for indies in the next six months? Yeah, you they, talk about IDW it? just left Diamond. My my yeah. friend works at a shop, and they got the emails from IDW. So I don't think they've yeah. announced how they're going to ship or solicit. Well, yet, I, but... I think they went to Penguin. Oh, yeah, they they to Penguin, Penguin yeah. House. I think that just so, happened like yesterday or something, right? Like, didn't they? It's yeah, really, it's really this week, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, and it was, it's a lot of, I think COVID just fast forwarded a change that was going to inevitably happen in comics uh, in like the next three or four years. It just happened in, in one, like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the state of the game now. So, but Kickstarter has exploded because of it. And yeah. that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Yeah. I would have never, I've been in comics for five years, uh, in a couple of months, as a matter of fact. And, um, I, I know that I know that off head because uh, there was like a whole life event. But anyway, um, so, so Sorry, that's I, not, been, that wasn't funny. But I mean, it was funny, but you, that I, I know what you went through. and That wasn't funny. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. no, I, I'm, just, we, I'm, a, I'm a mean person. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. It's 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 fine. It was. I think it was funny just the way I blew it off. But so like five years, and this I, I didn't have the courage to do Kickstarter until this year, you know, and and I did two, and both have been successful, and I'm I'm super grateful for that. But it it was I was like, man, I'm sitting at home. I just had my first book come out, and I'm just gonna sit here, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm just gonna wait, and I'm just a busybody and I want to do something and I want to tell these stories that I want to tell. So I was just like, whatever, I have to try. I have to try Kickstarter uh, so I can get something out there. So, but it's been, it's been definitely, I, I really appreciate the changes that have happened to the industry. Um, I wish it didn't come at the cost that it did. Yeah. To, to be super honest, it's been very tragic, but uh, I am very grateful just of like everything that I have been able to accomplish in the last year because there were no cons and there was only one way to communicate within the industry and that was online. Yeah. I, I mean, everybody just keeps talking about how easy it is to create anything right now. Like it's never been... I mean, if you've got it in you, it's, you know, like if you've got a story to tell and you can find, you know, a, a team to help you tell it if you're, if you're doing comics, because I know most of us 
I mean, there's most of us aren't. I can't draw. I can write a little bit, but like, I you would not buy a comic book that was drawn by Blake Morgan ever, unless like <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I bought some weird shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so it's so easy to to like you know find find people to find people to create with because like our you know Twitter and Instagram or like a there's just so such an easier way to like find artists that maybe haven't even done anything yet and then any you know like and then you can do you can you can campaign it you can crowdfund it and so many people are excited about it because there was that time where people just like in self-publishing and literature or poetry uh when people are like oh you self-published you know there was that like oh you had it on kickstarter that i think is pretty much gone i think i think we've surpassed that that bullshit notion finally i think yeah. if, if if nothing else it's self-publishing is a way way more acceptable in comics than anywhere else mm -hmm. and, and that's because of the work that's gone on kickstarter for the last for the last two three years you know like there's been um, incredible books on kickstarter for the whole time like i've, I've been back in books, books on kickstarter since like 2017 2018 and uh, but just the, the quality is just far and above where it was on a regular basis because creators are like, I'm going to skip all of that. I'm just going to do it myself. Besides the fact that you'll probably also make more money if you do it. If you have a really good one, you'll easily make more money oh, than, yeah. than, than going the full indie publishing route. So a really uh, good yeah. one. And you got to go on like 50 podcasts. I think David Popose did like 50 all 40 to 50 podcasts in like three and a half weeks and like, yeah. but it worked it worked like he i mean his his book is amazing the oz is awesome yeah. but i mean i've especially him like just coming out of like aftershock with with scout's honor and stuff and i was just like it was crazy how many pod i was so glad i got to be one of them and like he was that guy was working he, so, he's, yeah. a, he's a hustler man he's a he's a yeah. world-class hustler that guy how many have you guys done i i did an interview with a shop yesterday and i did um another one uh, with the comic burrito uh, i did a burrito boost with them the other day Those guys and cool. we're, yeah unfortunately we are not like as popular i'm not at least as popular as david david and uh so i'm, I'm still like let us on let us come talk to you <laughs> You know, and, yeah. and everybody's like, oh, David rules. And I love David. David David's a friend of mine. And uh, that I don't think he's human. You know, like, I don't know. I think there's like, I think David is just two people in a trench coat, <laughs> you know? And while one of them sleeps, the other one sells comics. Then they switch. They're working in shifts, you know? <laughs> He, he's uh he's doing that thing uh, the the nolan movie the prestige he's pulling the prestige <laughs> <laughs> man i saw that movie for the first time this year and it blew my mind Dude, that, was, that is one of my favorite movies it's That's incredible movies. yeah yeah it's incredible it's uh jared it's funny you mentioned that like you know not a lot of people you well i mean a lot of people know you but like you when i told people you're coming on the kickstarter because everybody w loves like the, the twin blades right like it, and i think you know once I'll, a lot of our like when you get into the kickstarter mutuals and stuff like i just see like the same your guys's campaign retweeted all the time but it's like people were very excited about this people were way excited about twin blades which is what made i was like the dipshit that backed digitally originally and <laughs> and then everybody starts getting these like and it was like you could see in the pictures man it was like a thick like it's a nice comic i was like man i was like I started seeing all the pictures and I was like, I gotta, man, <laughs> that's my new deal now. I end up like hitting up the creators later and like buying it again. Like I'll buy it digitally and then I'll be like, do you have any extra of that uh, deal left? And then, and then they, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's, it's, it's going to a good cause, but I need to just like budget better and be like, you're going to buy this again later if you just get the digital. And then I get the digital and don't read it because I'm like, I got to wait for the real book anyway. I'm a, I'm a complicated, I'm a complicated man, guys. I don't know. You can't get no, that I, ink high from the digital, man. Yeah, that's exactly. You can't huff it. I ink need my the digital. fix. You yeah. got your Johnson for a, new, a paint high, you know? I'm like, just, just give me a sniff. Just send me a page. Just send me a page. Just <laughs> Stare at a panel. Oh. <laughs> first one's always free, man. Or yeah. the first one's always like six bucks. <laughs> hey, ain't that the truth? Oh man! Hey, you work in um, you work at a restaurant, right? Tragically, or like a, like a bar restaurant? Like no, it's it's a it's a pizza place. So okay. we don't even serve alcohol anymore. Okay, used to, but COVID, <laughs> <laughs> COVID, and the TABC is like the worst government body of all time. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like any, I don't dislike anybody as much as I dislike the TABC. So <laughs> we were like, oh, people can't come inside. Cool, we're done selling beer because that sucked. You know. Yeah, I, uh, I I was a bouncer for a long time, so I was uh, I don't I don't get to usually my my comic book and, and service industry paths don't cross. Uh, so I was I was curious to what because I remember you uh, you talked about it on Kevin's show. You were like, hey, I like his show runs late. I like Kevin's like late night stuff, but is <laughs> I like how it's like midnight and I'm like nerding out on Kickstarter shit on Friday, <laughs> and I'm like, man, life is totally different. Like we used to be at like bars are doing crazy shit and now i'm like watching live streams on a friday night eating nachos yeah. just, and having a fucking blast like not not a care in the world if uh, you want to continue that tradition matt is on that show next week as a matter of oh no no, no this friday oh, this friday, friday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so matt will be there this friday talking talking kickstarter and, and all that stuff too yeah my i well i'm gonna i'm gonna call him a, he's like an unofficial friend ryan is his kickstarter ruination uh he's gonna be on there with you um, oh cool when I when I do like more than one write up or someone comes on my show more than once, I I call them a friend. So like <laughs> Kevin Cuff and Bob France are friends, and Tony Gregori is a friend. And so like, if you Tony. guys if you guys come on in the future, um, you know, feel free to join the. So we need Morgan one more time, circle. and then we're official friends. Yeah, official we're friends. Friends. Like we now, you're, now you're just you're good dudes, you know. And then like, <laughs> but if, if then you then once you come back on, then you can be like, oh, friend friend of the show matt oh, <laughs> you know i, I can know. say cool stuff like that if you come on once and i call you a friend of the show that's you know that's, that's coming on a little too strong you know that that may that may, <laughs> you may maybe like hey hold on so like what's like three times three or four times that's is that um, show regular th yeah three three times i haven't had a three timer yet but i would say that'd be a show regular and show then regular. fourth time you become a co-host co yeah <laughs> if you've time, been on the show three times before uh, fifth time you go to things giving dinner you know yeah. Yeah. yeah you get to fly out to kansas city and eat some barbecue <laughs> become one of the fam but yeah uh so it's i love it like it's that's one thing that changed with me guys is i was a i was a dude who found comic book twitter and i was reading a lot of comic books and i would just tweet out comic book reviews and I, people started following me, uh, liking that I read comic books all the time and was just like, and tweeting like what you get in the mail and like, you know, like the books and stuff. And so I like started gaining this following and then, then a couple people invited me onto podcasts and then, and then I found out about podcast drama and, <laughs> and that's a real fucking thing. <laughs> and so I quit podcast a few drama? podcasts. Oh man. Like people get mad at you. Like sometimes you'll like have an idea and, and then this dude yells at you and you're like, I don't supposed to be like a funny show like now i gotta like sit here and know that you think i'm an idiot and so yeah i've 
people get like people get really intense when when you want to like bring in input if they're not looking for input even if you're a co-host and so i ended up quitting a few podcasts and then i was like done i was like man this is like it's supposed to be fun you know it's not supposed to be like stressful and like emotional like bad emotional <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, i was like this is like a this is like an unhealthy relationship and then my uh some guys who do the x's for podcasts brought me on and i started doing shorter shows with them talking about the new hickman run of x-men and then i missed it and then this happened and the blog happened but all of it happened because of people i met because of covid and because i wasn't going out and i was working at home and i was here all the time and now this, yeah. now i'm interviewing now i'm interviewing fucking comic book creators <laughs> kicks you kickstarter know. rock stars now, okay back to the number game what happens on your second kickstarter uh like you you, you is that when like so you you're a kickstarter you're a successful Kickstarter campaigner for your first uh -huh. one. Second one, are you are you a Kickstarter warrior? Like, is that what the second tier of? And then sure. third Kickstarter, you're a Kickstarter legend. Three for legendary. I hope. <laughs> I, I like I like that. I like those titles. That's a good working. That's a yeah. good title. Can I get a T-shirt? Do I get a shirt? I want a shirt. <laughs> a Kickstarter warrior shirt. We, yeah. We make let's make this happen. So I got like five Kickstarters. Oh my god. Yeah. Man, See, I, Matt, not, you're like you're like Kickstarter god. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah you've reached i'll take you've it, the, I'll take it. you've reached the divinity level yeah, yeah. <laughs> divinity <laughs> and then after that you split into three parts and you become like one three and one mat and then you uh, uh the tribunal the kickstarter <laughs> tribunal <laughs> you know uh the, another interesting thing about kickstarters i as i barely check out anything else that they do there like i'm always only on just comics but there's like like i bet if i went there right now there's some wild stuff on kickstarter you oh, know? yeah like there's a whole coffee coffee stuff's real big on there like fancy coffee grinders and stuff for like espresso making um so yeah there's fancy coffee stuff board games and then some people do like indie video games will do kickstarter campaigns i noticed the other day i don't pay attention yeah, to seen, any of it i'm just there for the comics man <laughs> i've seen yeah i've seen a, a lot of of indie video games uh when i did twin blades we got a dm from a guy who was making a video game in in an aztec sort of setting and it was really cool i don't know if he got funded and i feel bad i think i backed it so I don't think you, did. you can't feel bad. That that totally well, removes you from the feeling bad part of the equation. Wasn't there a guy who made who made a, a potato salad or something? Did some guy yeah. make a potato salad? He made like a million bucks or something made like that. A like shit ton of money. No way. He he was drunk and he went on at like three in the morning and was like, I'll make potato salad for you know, and he put it on there and it was in the news. They put it in the news. Like it was yeah. on the six o'clock news. And so it, you know, I'm looking that up. <laughs> I bet that I bet that guy's like it, it was like Jeff Bezos or something did that. I bet you that's how he made his million. He was yeah. at least on the spaceship <laughs> with him. If it wasn't Jeff, it was one of his co-pilots. He, he, he got funded and he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm I'm going to make the shittiest company on earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he only made 55,000. I, I, I overblew that a bit, but I mean, yeah, he just said, I'm making potato salad. To be fair, $55,000 is still quite a bit of money. For That's money. insane. Yeah. Like, does he even have like truffle in it? Like, is he even, even something like, so just like think, shitty drunk potato salad. From what I remember, he was just making a joke. He was drunk and he was doing a joke and then it kind of blew up and he was like, oh crap, I really actually got to do this. And so he actually like tried to figure out recipes and stuff yeah because there's on here for 100 bucks he's, he'll try two different potato 
salad recipes. Zach Danger Brown. What a yeah. name. Yeah. What a fucking name. All right. With with that, I'll, I'll you can take your $55,000. I got I got to get drunk and launch a Kickstarter sometime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm living life all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here planning and shit. You know, I'm out here making making plans. We're out here making <laughs> graphics and this guy's just getting wasted and going for it. Well, and what's even not the, I did a, I'm practicing with doing a weekly live stream um, mm-hmm. where I review comics. Cause I can't, I don't have time to write up all these comics people send me. And I feel really, feel really guilty that like I get a lot of this free. And I'm like, and everybody tells me like, you can't fucking cover it all, dude. Like you, you, you sleep, you have to sleep for one, but you worry, you have a job and stuff. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I did my first live stream and I was kind of nervous and I got, I was drunk. Like I didn't mean to get as drunk as I did. I just had like a couple, <laughs> like way too strong vodka cocktails. And like, I like, as the show progressed, cause I drank them real fast and I was like, man, I'm getting a little lit up. So yeah, I've been drunk online before and did not get $55,000. So. <laughs> potato salad wasn't involved. Maybe that was the problem. Every time that I'm like, I don't do like the live things, uh, obviously, but like anytime, oh, my person. Oh, I didn't tell you? No. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I drink too much and I'm on Twitter, it's just me talking about how much I love my wife. And that's not even, it's not a bit. That's all I do. I get on there and I'm like, damn, my wife is the coolest, you know? It's just... That's just what drunk Jared's into, you know. I, drunk Jared is a genius because that. How do you like not get in trouble? Like, like the next day if it's if it's babe you drank too much and then she like sees your socials and she's like oh babe drank too much. She's here. <laughs> I, I she's with me. You know, like I don't go to bars. I'm I'm, I'm done with that phase of my life. You know, um, bars have like I'm like uh, it's I could tell exactly when I got too old for bars because like I went to a bar and someone and there's a band playing and I was like shit man that's gonna be so loud and i was like fuck i'm old <laughs> that's how you tell yeah when you, i'm with you when you that. bend down if when you bend down if you like make like the grunt or if things are too loud you that's how you know you're too old if you're like yeah, reach man. for the towel after the shower you're like ah you're like oh fuck I'm old. <laughs> so fun fun shower story um <laughs> I, I I've gotten my nose broken a few times in my life. And uh, when it's like, so the cartilage is all cracked, like, right. It, like it's healed, but it's like scarred when it's hot and I step out the shower, I can press it up against my like cheek. And that's how <laughs> I got a wife. That was the first, that was the trick that I told, I showed my wife on our first date. Uh, nice. I got like, I got it steamed up and I was able to turn it over because the cartilage is all broken. I'm not going to have a nose by the time I'm 50, but it'll be fun. You know? <laughs> and she was so uh, impressed by that. that uh... She was really grossed out as fate would have it. I do it every now and then, like when I come out of the shower and I'm like, hey, check this out. And she gets real grossed out. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's broken. It's been broken a few times. And so it's just like, just barely hanging on by a thread. And I'm sitting there like, look, it's funny. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey you don't need a nose to write comics yeah you do you need a nose to appreciate marvel omnibuses you do you gotta, you gotta breathe if in i that, have no nose that, how yeah. can i huff well, the ink oh. i mean if you just had a hole there yeah i guess that'd still work right yeah just yeah. put a bag all the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just you just need a face hole i'm not a scientist right? it might i i thought you guys were scientists like i Oddly enough, like I invited you on the show because I was fairly certain. I was like, these scientists, comic book writers. <laughs> it's 
It's buzz science. My back? There you go. Yeah. Oh, that was weird. All right. <laughs> Human beings one, technology zero. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? Potato salad? Uh yeah, no, just yeah, still still leering from from the potato salad and the face holes and breathing in the ink. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like everything that's not our fucking Kickstarter, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Kickstarter. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, don't we didn't we just like totally go past our goal? to or your goal not mine i just like inserted myself into your creative team like hey you're part of it it. well we did it man (laughs) how does that work you'd have to be you'd have to have us on for our second kickstarter and then you'd be part of our kickstarter family right yeah then i'm like an executive kickstarter producer yeah exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll take it man i was looking there's so there's people online that like in in their in their like job description deals on social media there's like kickstarter hype people now and uh, some blogs have like started doing that. And I don't, I don't know how much they charge, man. Like, but I know some campaigns are like, they're, they're paying money and, and I get emails from them. They basically just email bloggers and stuff for people. And they're like, Hey, here's a press release for this book. Uh, it's coming out. It looks cool. Do you want them on your show? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, man, yeah. I'm in the wrong fuck. Like, I, I love all of this so much. And it's so hard to like, like work eight or nine hours a day at the, at the day job. And then like, get, and then I'm like, all right, let's, let's like write a bunch of reviews after, after like talking to like a bunch of, I work, I, I remotely run offices for home inspectors. So like all oh, I nice. do is talk to realtors and ANSI home buyers all day, getting ready to buy homes. And they're not always the nicest people because they're like stressed and freaking out. And so it's just like, it's an, inter- it's an interesting deal that I'm oddly good at. And working from home is dope. Like it probably it probably drains you socially, right? Doing that all day. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I for a while I didn't want to podcast. Like people were like, Blake, you should try podcasting. And I was like, I talk on the phone for like eight hours a day. Before <laughs> that, I worked in a bar for seven years and like all I did was talk to people. Like and so I was like, I kind of liked getting off work and the silence and just like being able to read. But then now I now I love it. Like it's like I said, like I I never thought I'd be able to like uh hear about a cool comic book or read a cool comic book and then like I am or DM someone and be like, hey, you want to like talk about it on a show? And then and then people would download that show. Like it, it still fucking boggles my mind, man. It's wild. Like, right? <laughs> it, it, you know, most comics people are really cool people too. I mean, there's definitely some uh, horrible ones, but you know, most yeah. most most of this group is great. You know, especially uh, the Kickstarter side of it. Like everybody's so friendly and excited and wants everybody to win. Like it's so cool. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, like this experience. I mean, it's only been like six days. I think uh, tomorrow's the would, would mark the first week. Uh, has been a really good experience. You know like the uh, people we've had giving us quotes you know for the book and people that are willing to look at it which some of them have sent us quotes that we haven't even really put up yet because we're like you know we don't want to put them all out at once or whatever yeah. we want to you know but it's just like the the mass support has been like crazy good you know yeah you guys you i i have noticed the the name drop and pull quotes which i has got to feel totally good man like because those those are like good quotes too. Like everybody yeah. likes your book. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess you guys wouldn't put out a pull quote that was like, hey, this, this one didn't really get it, do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I I told everybody I sent it to, I was like, hey, I'd appreciate it if you could give me like tell me what you think. 
I was like, I want to use it as a pull quote. But if you think it sucks, I, I admittedly, I'm probably going <laughs> to have to use that one, you know, <laughs> but we didn't get any of those. There wasn't, we haven't left any out because they were like, this sucks shit. You <laughs> suck. Um, so we, we were just, we've just been super lucky to, to have the amount of support that we've gotten from the people that we have. Uh, a lot of people I really do respect and 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 like idolize almost. <laughs> yeah, you guys have a solid group of well, it's it, and it's a bummer too because there's like we talked about earlier, there's so much going on on Kickstarter right now, and when you start following a lot of you guys and like following your projects and the projects you back, which Kickstarter selfishly lets people do, like you can follow people on there and like Charlie Stickney with Scout, like usually the stuff he backs ends up being really good, but he's back, he backs like, he told me his Kickstarter numbers like five or 600. And I'm like, good God. Like I just yeah. got to 140 and I was like, Kickstarter called me a super backer. And I was like, I felt like a hero. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm at. I, is that, let me, let me. I think I'm at 111. I think 111. You said you're 150. I'm one. I'm like 140. I am 166. Damn! Nice. Look at that. All of us put our money where our mouth is. <laughs> Who gets to yeah, say that? <laughs> I think that's something that other people look for when they go onto Kickstarter. Is they want to know yeah. you're about it. They they don't want you to. They don't want to think that you're just there to to collect your bag and bounce. Um, they want to see that you're you're about it. And you've been supporting, and I, I'm super proud of that 111 because you know some of those didn't get funded, but I loved them and. Uh, it's just kind of cool to also have that community aspect of Kickstarter is that people go on there. You can look at Matt and I's pages and we've been back in Kickstarters forever. So um, that's kind of a cool thing. I think from that as a result of, of the last yeah. year <laughs> is that we've just, it's just been blown up. I that's, remember the first thing I ever back. Oh, sorry. What was it? I, I, no, that's uh, way more interesting. <laughs> do you remember, do you remember the goon? Well, you know, the goon, right? The mm -hmm. comic book, the goon. Do you remember that they had been talking about making a movie of it? I do not. Did, did you ever, so it was a long time ago. I, I mean, it might've been 10 years ago or something at this point, but they were going to make a movie of it. And uh, it was going to be like a 3D animated one. Um, what's his face? Uh, Giamatti was going to play um, the sidekick character, you know? I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah, it, um, and so they got a lot of money, and but it never actually happened. But what I did get was I got a bunch of Goon comics, and I got a bunch of um, like, uh, like a book that's like behind the scenes art that they had done for it and stuff. Um, I think actually they did just send out a yeah the goon movie. Let's kickstart this sucker. That's what it's called. They got huh. four hundred forty-one thousand dollars. Wow! Um, wow! And the last update that they made was twenty twenty, and it said, "Oh yeah, it's talking about COVID." Yeah, just about sorry, sorry, COVID's happening. They're still trying to make the film. <laughs> Yeah, they're still trying to make it. Uh, so it's the, it's it's Blur, the people who did like Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, um, yeah, they're trying to make uh, a a goon movie. So they have a whole bunch of storyboards and stuff. Oh, dang, I should I should have read more about this. That's cool. I kind of I checked out on it a while ago because it's been so long. But yeah, I think the first one was two, oh wow, this goes back to 2013, 2012, 2013. That's crazy. Yeah, that was the very first one I ever backed. What did I, way I'm back pulling, when. I'm pulling mine up. I don't even know what I mine's mine's not. Yeah, that, I'm looking at mine too. That, Far, that far back i don't think i think the oldest one that i backed man that did that all the way down was a book called coronary and that is it uh which is by someone who's still a friend of mine named oh, yeah. burke uh and it's about a world where you can get plastic surgery uh for free and it kind of causes a whole bit 
but really good. Brian Ryan was the really God writer. hates astronaut, uh, oh. cowboy. That was right. And then the next one was cosmic detective. So yeah, I'm still, a I, my, my Kickstarter days though, didn't go back that far. Just like a couple of years. Yeah. Mine went back to 2018. See, that's Mark crazy. Was backing things at 2012. First what one. the heck was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> that was like when Kickstarter started or something. They're kickstarting <laughs> themselves back then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> back to this website that's gonna let me back more shit you know <laughs> yeah i didn't know it was around then that's crazy what i'm was actually the gonna first... have to go through oh sorry uh, i'm actually had to go through here and, and and see what i've received and what i have it now i forget about stuff like that especially the digital stuff i put like the digital stuff yeah, in same. a kickstarter folder but then if i i like have to remember to download it when i get it in the email because if you forget about it then it gets buried in the ridiculous tons of fucking emails i get all the day all day so yeah, it's digital. That's right. one of the bad parts about digital is just kind of, you kind of lose track. At least the pile when it's physical, like it grows. Like you're like, man, I got to read these eventually. Yeah, totally. Man, I think I got all of mine. I'm looking at these. I think I got all of mine. I think my cool. my oldest active one, I think, is the is Cosmic Detective, and they did just they, they just wrapped that up. I think finally. Let I definitely hear. haven't gotten all these. It's time to collect. Then <laughs> as a message. <laughs> Oh shit! Sending no, out some messages. There's actually one that I <laughs> definitely didn't get anything for, and uh, but Matt and I talked about that earlier yeah. today. As a matter of fact, um, there's one I definitely didn't get shit for, but uh, yeah, that's kind of funny. But um, I have to get off because I have to make dinner for oh, my oh, wife yeah, and my teenager. Too, so, but dang, uh, it must be late over there. You're in Texas, man. <laughs> It is. It is nine forty. <laughs> in the other room, just starving. It's gonna be a late starving dinner. There, waiting <laughs> by the door. What's he coming out? What's he coming out? <laughs> like, Dad, the water's boiling. Like it's been boiling. Uh, hunger so fun. Well, well, real quick, guys. I got this is awesome, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, once again, congratulations to a successful campaign uh, that you know we're gonna hopefully see grow even more, uh, gentlemen. Like, uh, let's start with. Uh, start with matt where's the best place to find you on social where do we follow you where do we keep track of you uh on twitter probably is the best and it's a really dumb name and i apologize already uh it's a nickname i had a long a long time ago but it's stilts with an extra l ink so it's at s-t-i-l-l-t-s-i-n-c stupid it's stupid i'm sorry <laughs> uh or you could just put in matt harding and find me that way just don't click the dancing matt harding that's a whole story for a different day but um he's the more famous me and he and it's not actually me it's just doppelganger but that's the whole that's the whole that's the whole thing um he dances around the world but uh and then the other one uh is instagram and that's just regular stilts so you just drop the inc so it's a little less stupid but still very stupid um and then i have a website which is just mattheartingart.com and that's that's how you find me all right and, and jared where's the best place to find you on the socials twitter and instagram are the best place to find me uh both of them are at jared lujan j-a-r-r-e-d-l-u-j-a-n um twitter is where i'm mostly at because i have a lot of fun on twitter uh when it's not being <laughs> terrible but um if you don't if you think that my my twitter usage would be too much for you and my tweets about the wu-tang clan and my kickstarter you can always go to luhan writes uh l-u-j-a-n and then writes like a pen dot uh, com and you can sign up for my newsletter which is super cool people saw 
Matt's pages like three months before we ever sent out press releases um, for All the Devils Are Here. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you get a bunch of really cool sneak peeks and stuff that I'm working on. And like I said earlier in in, uh, the podcast is that I am actually working on something and starting in October. And I have two Kickstarters that I'm planning for next year. So there's a lot of sneaky, sneaky stuff that you can kind of get a a peek at um, before everybody else. Maybe you can come on in the future for the second time, turn into a friend of the show. Would love to have you back when you launch that new comic. (laughs) I'm going to be aggressive about this. I want to be a friend and then I want to be a co-host. I want to to get in on it. As fate would have it, Matt and I are planning another book together next month, next year. So uh, there will be a chance for us both to become friends of the show. Very cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for sacrificing a couple hours of your time. I know you're busy. I'm so glad you guys had a great day today. I'm glad the project funded. Thank you again. This was awesome. Uh, I'm super stoked for everything you guys got coming your way. Uh, Both of you are very talented and good dudes and you deserve the best. And back this Kickstarter, ladies and gentlemen, because it looks fucking dope. And speaking of dope, buy a bunch of Marvel omnibuses and cut that plastic (laughs) open and sniff the shit out of them, baby. (laughs) 